A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast, your go-to source for all things movies, spoiler-free reviews, interviews with actors and directors, a very special episode today because one of my top five movies of all time is celebrating their 50th anniversary, and I got to talk to the original cast. So I'll be busting some myths with the cast of Willy Wonka. And before we get into that, I'll just talk about why that is one of my favorite movies of all time. And then I have a review of the new Fast and the Furious movie, which is the first movie I've seen in theaters in over a year and a half. Also rented out a theater to watch that. So I'll bring my wife Kelsey on to talk about that experience. A lot to talk about today. Thanks for being subscribed to the podcast. And if you're listening on a Monday on release day, shout out to the Monday morning crew. Without any further ado, let's get started. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast. One man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. So Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. It came out back in 1971. It's just one of my top five movies of all time. I actually just rewatched it for this podcast because I wanted to talk to the original cast and kind of get them to put to rest some of these myths you see sometimes online about movies, especially when it comes to older ones. There's all these tales that get told of like things that happened on the set. And I read about them as like these fun facts, but I always wonder if they're actually true. Sometimes I feel like somebody just wrote these myths up at one point, put them on the internet, and we all just started to believe them. So I'll ask the actors themselves whether or not these actually happened, which is interesting about this. And I only I realized that even though it came out in 71, they were all so young in this movie. They're only in their 60s now. So it was really cool to be able to talk to them. And I think... One of the reasons this movie is my one of my top five movies of all time is, first of all, I always identified with Charlie Bucket in the movie because he was dirt poor and he had nothing to the point to where a loaf of bread seemed like a banquet to them. And I just remember that kind of aspect of that movie always kind of hitting home with me. I'm like, man, I always wanted to win these cool contests as a kid because I was broke. 
And I was like, man, if we could get like these Nickelodeon vacations they give away or like all these trips I see about on TV that I would be like, man, do real kids actually get to go on those? It just seems like something like so far out and like not even in reality. And I remember watching this movie and thinking like, man, somebody like me actually won that contest, got to live out their dream. But aside from that personal level for me, I think this movie is just a classic. And this version specifically is why I think it held up so well over the years, um, aside from the remake they did with Johnny Depp, is because this one really created a world entirely of its own. And there's a couple reasons why I think this one is a classic and why it's held up so well over the years. Even though when it came out, it really wasn't a box office hit. It kind of became a cult classic and later along the way really became a movie that we kind of adored. And the main reason is because of Gene Wilder's performance in this, which I think he is an entirely underrated actor. And maybe some people just know him as Willy Wonka, but from all of the things that he's done. But without him in this movie, Willy Wonka wouldn't have worked. It's the sarcasm that he has when delivering the lines. It's the cadence he gave to the character. Even like the little details he put into like when they're first walking into the chocolate factory and he's walking down the stairs and he goes down one and comes back up. Oh, just the little quirks that he put into the character, I think is why this movie held up so well and why people kind of remembered him for that. And I think people don't realize like how much of a comedic genius he he was that some of the things he did in the movie were completely improvised from when he first walks out and everybody sees him for the very first time he's walking with a limp and then does that little front flip and he's all good like that was all gene wilder coming up with these things to make willy wonka this kind of mysterious character and i was re-watching it and kind of thinking like man willy wonka now like this kind of way would be a lot creepy to imagine a guy like that but for some reason in this movie it really makes sense i don't think so much so in the johnny depp remake and I think Tim Burton tried to make that one a little darker. I don't think it really lent itself to that because the reason it works is because he is quirky and he is weird, but he also has a really big heart inside of him. And there's a reason he's doing all these things, not just for the sake of being weird. I think aside of the Willy Wonka-ness that Gene Wilder pulled off, he also brought in like a heart to it at the very end of it. And the other thing about the original one is the music in the movie is so great that I kind of don't realize that I'm watching a musical. And I think some people don't even really consider this movie to be a full-on musical, but it really is. And whenever they remade it, I felt like that was a big part of me not liking that one is because the songs in the first one are such classics and they're so good on their own. Maybe aside from Cheer Up Charlie, which I don't like, but I think aside from that, all the songs are amazing and it's because of the Oompa Loompa, it's because of Gene Wilder. I think that's what really made this movie memorable. And I could probably sing this song all day. If you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. Anything you want to do it, want to change the world, there's nothing to it. That's my jam. But yeah, I think that is why this movie has made it into my top 10 movies of all time and just kind of stayed there. And I just rewatched it. And because they are celebrating their 50th anniversary this week, it is available now on 4K UHD. So you can buy it and own it and watch it really in a different way. I know sometimes you see these re-releases come out and like, oh, it's digitally remastered and restored. It really makes a difference. And it kind of makes me think of like this movie was filmed way back in the 70s. And I'm watching it and realize like just how cinematic it was. And you kind of realize how important like good cinematography is for a movie like that to be shot and filmed then. But watching it now and it looks like it could have been shot maybe just 10 years ago. It's that good. 
I think it just really brings to life movies you remembered as a kid when they get these 4K treatments. And I think it's really worth it. And I'm kind of a stickler for quality. Like, I won't watch anything that's on an old DVD or VHS tape. I got to watch it in the best quality, especially with something I'm going back and kind of rewatching. I kind of want to see it in a different light again. So, so if you're wanting to watch this movie again, maybe show it to your kids. I highly recommend checking out the 4K version. So that is why this movie is one of my favorites. And I was very excited to get a chance to talk to some of the original cast. So coming up, I will talk to Peter, who played Charlie Bucket. I'll talk to Paris, who played Mike TV. Julie, who played Veruca Salt. And Michael, the actor who played Augustus Gloop. And I just want to ask him about some myths I read online over the years about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and find out whether or not they're true. Let's get into this interview. How are y'all? Great to to see y'all. Great to get to talk to y'all. First of all, what's it like to see everybody again for the first time in a long time? It isn't the first time in a long time. Um, We have actually, even during COVID, we've caught up a couple of times. We've done a couple of social calls because we are kind of a weird family. So, um, but you know, the fact that we are still here 50 years later, that's the, that's the extraordinary thing. That's great. Well, I have some myths I've heard about filming and I wanted to get what really happened from you guys. So the first thing I heard of is that some of you experienced some pretty crazy nightmares after filming that famous tunnel scene. Was that a real thing? The danger must be growing for the rowers keep on rowing and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing no no nightmares here (laughs) (laughs) yeah not exactly nightmares uh i think it was more of a living nightmare while we shot it rather than something we dreamed about later um uh you know they they warmed us up with some flashing lights and some uh, scary footage that they uh, projected across the wall. Uh, and then, of course, Gene did his uh, crazy read. Uh, and so uh, we weren't really prepared for that. So it was it was nightmarish to shoot, but I don't remember having a nightmare after the fact. <laughs> so it was after the fact. What was it like being there when he's giving this performance that you had really no idea what he was going to do? It was just like, all right, here it is. Here's Gene Wilder kind of going a little mad. They, they they didn't tell us. I mean, we'd read the script, so we knew what he was going to do. We just didn't know how he was going to do it. And that was the scary thing. And as, as, as Pete has said as well, you know, there was kind of sweat and spit flying, you know, which is very attractive as this guy, you know, really being crazy. So, yeah, that was, it was a little scary, but uh, no, no lasting nightmares. So the other myth I heard was that I know a lot of the candy was, you know, fake props. Some of it was made out of wood. Some of it was just plastic. But the Chocolate River, was that real? And by the end of filming, what did that smell like? Horrible. The smell is horrible. <laughs> actually, it was sinking water, and it was uh, not uh, any taste of chocolate at all. It was there for weeks, and uh, it was not... Uh, Freshly made, so no, no, no fun to jump into this. And you had to actually be in that. What, what, what did you go in there? Was it a stump person? What happened? No, no, I had to jump in this uh, sinking water, and it was very swallow, and I had uh, to hit a, a hole that was just a square meter. And uh, yes, I was very anxious uh, that I wouldn't get the hole and would have hit my head on the bottom <laughs> of the, um, the chocolate river. That's crazy. So, Peter, I had another myth for you. Um, I heard that at the start of the movie and throughout the movie, you were going through puberty and that your voices 
higher at the beginning of the movie and lower at the end. Is that true? I guess you tell me. I don't know. I mean, I think I think we were all going through puberty during that. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. Um, I I guess it's a little higher. I don't know, Julie. What do you think? Is my voice low? I don't know. I, I, I was just thinking, and I was thinking actually, you know, maybe that was something to do with the piano wires when you were in the fizzy lifting drink. Maybe your voice went higher. Maybe, maybe, right. Exactly. Exactly. If it, if it were me, I think I would have answered that question as follows. Sure, <laughs> it was lower and then it went lower at the end of the film. I said, um, you know, uh, that my, my dress was getting shorter because <laughs> I was growing. Just growing. Yeah, <laughs> but also your hair, though. But your hair, my hair well, right? Yeah, yeah, and my hair. My hair, well, actually, my hair shrank because we had a crazy uh, hairdresser woman that it, back in the day, everybody was obsessed with split ends. That was the thing back then about, you know, girls, do you have split ends? And you would twist your hair into a rope and run a candle down it to burn off the split ends. And there just be this terrible smell of burning hair. But all that was happening was she was burning my hair. It was getting shorter. <laughs> well, I appreciate- so there was a scene where I go, I go out of the inventing room and then into the, uh, the nickable wallpaper and it's visibly two inches shorter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate the time. Thanks for helping put all those myths to rest. And thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Sorry, it was so quick. <laughs> Have a good one. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. 
At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Going to get into a movie review now, talking about the new Fast and the Furious movie, F9, which we just saw in theaters. I don't know why I talk like Chandler right there. In theaters. You did sound like Chandler. Uh, But my wife, Kelsey, is here now who watched it with me. We'll talk about our experience watching the movie, but first we'll give our review. And if you haven't seen the trailer by now, here's just a little bit of F9. Y'all ever thought about the wild missions we've been on? We've taken out planes, trains, tanks. I'm not going to even think about the submarine. And now we got cars flying in the air. Who is he? Jacob is Dom's brother. All right. So I think we got exactly out of F9 is what we were expecting. And have you seen any of the Fast and the Furious movies? Yeah, I think I've said on here before, didn't I? I think I've said that I went to see another one on a date with someone else. Uh, one that time. Is true. That's why I blacked it out of my memory. <laughs> but I think we were talking after the movie, which will give our whole experience of what it was like watching a movie in the theaters for the first time in a while. I think they probably got really ridiculous after the last one that Paul Walker was in. They kind of just turned into superheroes. And I think now they are full on just soap operas. Yeah, they're soap operas. They're ridiculous. They're self-aware now. That's yes, the thing. That, that's a new thing. That's a new thing is they're self-aware of how ridiculous they are, which I think adds to, you know what you're getting out of it. Like, it's just you're paying to go sit there for two hours and it's like mindless. You don't really have to follow along. Although I did ask you at one point, I was like, what, what is going on? What is the plot of this? And I don't want to reveal the plot of it because I don't want, I don't really feel like you can spoil this movie really (laughs) (laughs) because I think the movies are supposed to be so big and so cheesy and it just action packed. You're basically going on a full on roller coaster when you're watching a fast and the furious movie. You go in for the excitement. You're not really there for the dialogue. You're not really there for the plot line. You're just there to watch something completely ridiculous, as big Hollywood explosions you can get. A little bit follow along with the storyline, but you want to laugh. You want to enjoy it. You want to hang out. I think that's also why I decided to pick this movie for the birthday party. And I was going to say, we can talk more about this when we get into like the experience of renting a theater, but it's one of those where you could like talk during it or like yeah kind of zone out for a minute and tune back in and you haven't missed too much which i will say i did not get up to have to go pee during the movie yeah so i could have gone and come back and still you would have been fine i think it would have been good i think it's yeah like you said a movie you don't have to play pay entirely attention to the entire time and just hang out and have a good time but what i felt from it i'm rating it on the scale of entertainment value it's not going to have the same scale of any other movie that I've watched because it's really just a popcorn movie. Yeah. And 
I'm rating it kind of on the scale of how fun it was to watch and also how it compares to the other movies in the franchise. So I thought this movie had like two big, like I'm comparing it to a roller coaster. The first kind of drop in the movie was the most exciting part. I thought where they're all trying to, they're basically running from bad guys and it's all the ridiculousness of like, it's the most over the top opening sequence really. And I thought that was a lot of fun. I think that's what everybody watching it had the most fun and laughed at the most because it's so kind of ridiculous and just out of this world what they do where they're basically full on superheroes now. Mm -hmm. And then I thought probably the middle action of the movie was the other kind of big like, okay, this is like as good as it's going to get. And then it kind of, eh, it could have ended a little bit earlier for me. Yeah, it was long. At one point, I like, that's the other thing about being in a private movie theater. You can take out your phone. I took out my phone and was like, well, what is the runtime of this? Because like, <laughs> we've been here for a while. Yeah, I felt it could have been shorter. Like, I get the idea of it kind of having the same runtime as like a superhero movie. But at one point, I was like, there's nothing crazier that they can do to make this you know, bring the energy back into it. Nope. So I felt it could have been a little bit shorter. Now, comparing it to all the other Fast and the Furious movies, I kind of think the fate of the Furious was a little more of like a, it had a little bit more action. I think this one maybe had a little bit more comedy. Yeah, I laughed. Yeah, they joked a lot more in this movie, I felt. But I felt like that kind of epic saga that I was looking for of like, you know, all this big battle. I don't feel like I got it as much in this one. There were some cool race scenes and some cool fighting scenes, but I thought the other ones were a little bit more big and out there. It's also, oh, no, I don't want to spoil. Is it a spoiler if I say who the other? You can say that. He's in okay. the trailer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's in the trailer. No one can hear, so I just mouth to him. It's who. a big part, yeah. Okay, John Cena's in this movie, and it's just kind of funny to see, like, Vin Diesel and John Cena together on, like, screen. Like, you're just, just a lot of, like, muscle testosterone a lot of, a lot of testosterone a lot of meathead yeah. on screen the thing about and the, i say that with love the thing about the fast and the furious movies is, is this is really the only movies that all these actors are in like they're not in other movies really vin diesel yeah they don't need to be this is probably paying them fine but like ludicrous Ty- tyrese jordana brewster's been in other stuff i feel like this is the main their main hub though what was michelle rodriguez on was she on lost she was on lost Ana lucia I was like, I know her from something. Yeah, but I feel like this is like their big, like, all right, this is our movie. We don't have to do a whole lot of other yeah, that's things. That's their rent. That's their mortgage. They're, they do just fine. So if I had to rate F9, I would probably give it a solid three out of five. Like, I think it's right in the middle of all the Fast and the Furious movies. It's not, I don't think it gave me anything more than I was looking for. It was just a very, like, satisfying. That's kind of what I came here for. I was able to turn off my brain, hang out with everybody and watch the movie. Um, the plot line wasn't much to follow and I just needed a little bit more action, but it was pretty funny. They had some funny parts, but it's also laughing at how cheesy it is. I would give it the same. I was going to give it a three out of five, three out of five. Mm -hmm. So for this one, uh, we did this for my birthday, which was a big part of you kind of like, hey, we got to do something to celebrate your 30th birthday. I didn't really want to do anything. Yeah, one, it was your 30th. Two, I, I love birthdays. I love celebrating other people's birthdays. I just think it's like a day to just show people how much you love them. And I've loved birthdays ever since we first started dating. I remember telling you. So we started dating in what, like May of 2018? 18. Thank you. And your birthday was like a month and a half later. And I was like, I'm going to get you a birthday present. And you were like, 
Ooh, I hate opening presents. I hate, yeah, I hate opening presents in front of other people. So you made it through that one. And then the next year we celebrated with your family, um, which was fun. And then last year we did nothing because the world was still locked down. And so I was like, this year we have to do something with like all of your friends. And you know, you're hard to surprise. You don't like surprises. You would have known something was up. So I was like, I'm not going to do a surprise party. I was like, I'm just not even mm-hmm. going to try that. But I was like, I'm going to do something for you. So like either we're going to go to dinner, we're going to go to Top Golf. I was like, pick something celebrating you and you picked a movie party yeah i felt it was an easy thing to have everybody come and do and then i remember during the pandemic they were allowing people to rent out theaters which is something i always want to do since i was a kid and it's suddenly kind of affordable i know for like a if you want to watch an older movie like a rent like back to the future that costs 99 bucks to do and you can bring up to 20 people and for a new movie it was 199 which i mean it's not cheap by any means but if you're having a birthday party I feel like if you go out to dinner or go do something else, like it's going to be the same. Cause yeah, like, I mean, that evens out to, that's actually cheaper than going out to dinner for like 20 people. Yeah. That comes out to $10 a person. And I feel like you go bowling, go to top golf, you end up getting up there in those numbers. So I was like, I love movies. I would love everybody to just come hang out in a movie theater. We have it all to ourselves. I think it's worth it. My 30th birthday. When am I ever going to do something like this again? I was all into it. And it ended up being pretty fun. Like we got there you had made these goodie bags for everybody. I did. If anyone here is listening that works at Regal, I did not sneak in. 16, we did not sneak in. 16 bags of candy in my tote bag. Why would I do that? That's rude. Um, but if you don't work for Regal, yes, I snuck in 16 bags of candy. I made a goodie bag for everyone in like a cellophane bag. And then I folded it over and I sealed it with a movie mics, movie podcast sticker. And little, little promotion there. And they were a big hit. Everybody loved hit. that. It was cool just to go in and sit down and have the entire entire theater to ourselves. Yeah, that was nice. Like we were just able to, you were passing out candy. Everybody was hanging out. You could have your phones out if you wanted to. I still feel like everybody pretty much stayed off their phones, but we had that option to, to do that. And also just, it's a movie that you wanted to be able to talk in between and laugh at. And it would... It was perfect. We made fun of Ray because he got that one squeaky chair. The oh, chair yeah. That, they, like, they're the reclining chairs that when you put it down, it sounds like somebody's just farting. Yeah. Yeah. Tooting. Yeah. That was funny. And then we're just hang, Yeah. Just hanging out. I thought it was great. It's fun. My only complaint is that um, this is with Regal. They've switched to Pepsi products and I just nobody goes to a movie and wants to die at Pepsi. But that's, that's your personal. Thing. That's my personal um, soapbox. But I would say I would recommend it if you could afford that or even if you want to go in like with a group of friends to rent out an entire theater it was fun i thought it was really great yeah it was nice to just be able to hang out with everyone it was like a cool like group setting and it feels i liked the private aspect of it because it was like you just got to like hang out with your friends and you're not in there with a bunch of randoms somebody's not like coughing and sneezing opening you can open your candy at an inopportune time and somebody's not going to get mad at you and then I think among our friend group that went, it was everybody from the Bobby Bone show. So if you had to rate that movie experience, what would you give it? 10 out of 10. Oh, you went on the 10 scale. Yeah, it was a great Friday night with all of our friends. Yeah, it felt like the experience I never had in high school of going to a movie with friends on a Friday night. I think I liked it too, because this was the first time that we've really gotten to do something with everyone because we were long distance for so long. And when I would come to town, like it would just be you and I getting to spend time together since we'd only have like 48 hours. And then last year, obviously nobody really did anything. So now it's like, oh, I feel like I'm a part of the group. It's fun to get to hang out with everyone. It was a lot of fun. So are we now back to having 
we got our big like return to the movies under our belts. You down to go to more movies? I am down to go to more movies. Yeah, I'm excited to have that back. It feel it felt normal again and felt fun again, and I'm ready to see more movies. Maybe I'll just sneak in my own beverage next time. If you can do that, I'd be very impressed. Watch me. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about some movie news now. A, a movie trailer that a bunch of people were tagging me in because I said I was one of the ones I'm most excited about was the new Halloween Kills trailer. And it's a very intense trailer. If you haven't seen it yet, I'll give you just a little bit of it because it is so... I almost want to say gruesome. But here's just a little bit of that trailer. Evil dies tonight. I'm not just going to sit and watch another innocent person die. If you track Michael's victims, that's a straight line to Michael's childhood home. So I think why this trailer was so kind of out there this week is because it featured the most kill scenes I've ever seen in a trailer. And you're looking at me with disgust right now because you hate any kind of horror movie. And this is what I this is the kind of movie that I love. It's not so much the like supernatural element of like horror movies, but it's like a full on slasher movie. And I've never seen a trailer like this that kind of showcased all of the killing that happens in a movie within the trailer. That sounds absolutely awful. I think there was maybe like over 10, maybe 15 kills shown nope. in this trailer. I will not be saying that with you. That's a that's a strong negative. Why I think this is such a strong marketing thing for them is because knowing that they were willing to put so much of that in the trailer, I can only imagine that the entire movie delivers on a higher level because it's kind of like when comedies will put all the funny parts in the trailer and that's that sucks that's a bad movie but i feel like if you're like hey should we really put this many like intense gruesome scenes from the movie if you know people are going to watch and be like oh you showed everything in the trailer i feel like there has to be a lot more and i really like the way they've kind of brought the scary element back into the michael myers movies Unlike they did with the Rob Zombie reboots with this kind of version, it feels kind of more intense than before and kind of like that original kind of classic that made those chilling, that made Michael Myers seem like a really creepy guy. Like, I think this is one of the first movies that really gave me nightmares, aside from maybe like the first Chainsaw Massacre. But I kind of feel like I might have that feeling again going to watch this movie. So I'm really excited for this one. So wait, you're excited to go see a movie that's going to give you nightmares? Yes. Great. Because it's, that's what I, I mean, a really great horror movie could do that. Okay, well, don't wake me up when you get nightmares. Okay, <laughs> well, but yeah, I'm excited for this one. Uh, the other piece of movie news, we were talking about F9 just a while ago. It's kind of the biggest blockbuster in a very long time, making about $68 million this weekend. It's also the only like really big thing that's come out in theaters like in a while. That's true, but I feel like this is the opening up of all the big summer blockbusters to return, which we've been over a year without having one. A Quiet Place kind of had that with the numbers, but I think now with Fast and the Furious comes out, makes a lot of money. I think the next one up is Black Widow to come out and make a bunch of money, which I kind of feel now they made the right decision on that one. I know for a while I was like, just put it out on Disney Plus. We just want to see it. But Isn't I, it doing both though? Or is it strictly it's straight theaters? theaters? So they changed their minds again? Yeah. Where was I when that happened? I don't know. Okay. But I think that's probably the right move for them. Like, it's going to make a lot of money and kind of put us back in that mindset of going to see Marvel movies in the theater again. So 
I feel like this whole summer blockbuster season is back on the schedule. I don't see anything getting delayed anymore, which is exciting. I can't wait for that one now. But that'll do it for movie news. Before I hop out of here, I got to give my shout out of the week, which I do every single week to anybody who sends me a DM on Instagram, tweets me at Mike Distro, leaves me a comment on my Facebook page, which is just facebook.com slash Mike Distro. This one is actually an email I got sent in to moviemikeD at gmail.com. And it is from Jill. She said, hey, Mike, I love the podcast. Out of all the show podcasts I listen to, Movie Mike's is first. That's amazing. There's a lot of great Nashville podcasts, network podcasts. And for mine to be first on anybody's list, um, that's amazing to me. So appreciate that, Jill. She said, I don't always agree with your opinions of movies, but I still enjoy the podcast. But I'm probably closer to your wife's point of view. I love rom-coms. There we go. So you are that kind of... (laughs) I mean, I get my opinions and my thoughts on movies are a little weird. And I feel like you kind of bring me back to being like, nah, this is probably what most people think. I just humanize you in general. There you are. That's, (laughs) yes, you do. I felt like once you came into my life, I became more of like, I, I admit that I am weird and you made me less weird of like, I felt like you took an alien and made him into like a human being. Your social skills have gotten better because they're there. Yes, they're they, they're, they're, they're they're in my head. Although today I did have to go up and say that you were missing part of your meal at a restaurant. Yeah, know? I don't like confrontation. I don't like going and addressing other people. I will, if at a restaurant, I will not send anything back. Or I also just accept the fate of something being gone. <laughs> okay. But you helped me out with, with that a lot. I so do. thank you for being in my life. You're welcome. Where's my um, Where's my wife shout out of the week for making your 30th birthday so awesome? And my final shout out is to my wife for making <laughs> my 30th birthday enjoyable and fun for me. And it, I think it was just really cool to see kind of how with like, I don't like getting gifts, but that everybody kind of put the movie aspect into like, oh, you got really thoughtful gifts yeah. this year. And I don't know, for the first time ever, I've enjoyed a birthday weekend of like it was fun not so much of like hey everybody like focus on me it was just getting everybody together and doing something fun i think everybody had a good time and there was a pokemon cake pokemon cake we um i i think one of my favorite parts was after the movie everybody hanging out and just talking afterwards yeah we all stood out there for like 30 minutes yeah kind of what we just did now talk about our favorite parts of the movie i think at one point amy was like you should just hit record now and get part of your podcast <laughs> I know, amy was like we have everyone here and this is just, just one giant podcast i should have just went around and got a one word review from everybody but everybody just hanging out outside of a work setting i thought was a lot of fun so for that thank you and for everybody listening right now thank you for being subscribed and listening every single week means the world to me and i will talk to you again next week but until then later a new season of bridgerton is here and with it a new season of bridgerton the official podcast I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. 
Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 